She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the Book Besties. Yes, trigger warning. Okay, we in this book we talk about suicide, we talk about depression, and we talk about alcoholism and drug abuse. And there's also talk of abuse and there's a lot of not fun things in this. I would never want to see the person that decided they didn't want to stay in that life while they were banging me. Yes, because fucking Colleen Hoover. Blah, 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 and I, it was all word vomit. It's our aesthetics. <laughs> I think it can be whatever you need it to be. Only on Instagram. Soul enhanced search engines. They're my favorite fuckers of all the fuckers. Now you're the one dragging it out. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> now you're the one doing it. <laughs> oh, another episode, another week. I know. Um, so we we did our first episode last week. Mm-hmm. And we launched a contest on Instagram that's still going on through the 20th for yeah. people to win a guest spot on our show. And the chaos that was us deciding the graphics of that alone was ridiculous. Well, I mean, I actually did like what you created. I just am not a fan of, like, the neon font. Oh, oh, I love it. I think it's cute. It makes my eyes hurt. Oh, see, I love the 80s. I love that vibe. No, but when I look at it for too long, my eyes hurt. I don't know if it was the yellow and the purple together. I don't know. Anyway, we went with mine. We we did not have to do that, by the way. No, we just totally just needed to, like, pick something. Because you and I at the point were like, we have so many options. We just need to pick something. Yeah. but How was your week? It was good. Just one more thing about the contest. It's still going on until the 20th. Jump on Instagram. You have to be following Book Besties Podcast on Instagram. Instagram. On Instagram in order to enter. Only Instagram. Only Instagram. If you're following us on TikTok, you'll be able to see the contest. But we're not... The entries are not there. It's only on Instagram. And uh, you'll be able to see it on Facebook too. And on Facebook too. Yeah. Only on Instagram. Only on Instagram. You have to be following us. And we are asking all of you to submit a a sign off line for us. So instead of us just going by, you're going to decide what we say as our sign off line. And uh, the winner will win a guest spot on the pod. And you get extra entries if you um, tag share. share. Yeah. And um, it has to be, obviously, no copyright material, right. book-related, pod-related in some way, shape, right. or form. Right. It has to sound like us, right? Yeah. All right. So I have to you tell to- you a story. Oh, boy. So it's about the book we're doing this week. So is it okay if I show the book we're doing this week? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. we're doing this book this week, The Midnight Library by Matt That's Haig. That's the cover I have on my Kindle. I know. That's the story <laughs> I have to tell you. <laughs> So, um, Tom and I do traditional gifts for our wedding. Like we do our Mm -hmm. anniversary. We do like the traditional gifts. Yes. And, um, 11 is steel. Okay. Right. So for our 11th anniversary, he always like plays loose and fast with the interpretation of the traditional gift. So like he, he, he uses a more adjacent variation is what you're saying. He does. So for for our 11th anniversary, he gave me books and one of them was by Danielle Steele. So that was, that was the steel, but this book was in there. The midnight library by Matt Haig. 
Okay. Okay. So this book, you had wanted to read it and you put it on the pod and then you were going to take it off and replace it with something else. And I was like, don't replace it. I already own this one. Tom bought it for me. I really need to read it. I don't know that I'll ever read Daniel Steele, but you know, I would read this book. Here they're there. So I'm reading this book going, I don't understand how I have a paperback edition. Right. Right. So I go and I do some research and I received this book before the paperback edition was available. So I was okay. like, is this an arc? It has a uh, 14.99 pounds as the cost. So I'm like, this is weird. So I thought there were maybe some like misprints in here because they only use one quotation mark instead of double quotation marks when it's a quote. And there was no author's note. And you know how much I love reading the author's mm-hmm. note. Um, and so I was like, what the fuck is this? So I was talking to Tom about it. And he was like, I don't know. I just like searched in Amazon for library and books and bought one that I thought might be okay. So it turns out he goes through his Amazon account and he paid $9 in shipping because this bad boy came from England. (laughs) So instead of buying an Amazon Prime book, he bought me a book from England. Now, I I mean, it was Amazon. It was just. It just wasn't Prime because it was coming from England. So I went to the library this week, not the library where I work. I went to my local library because support local libraries and checked out the, the physical book as well because I was like, well, maybe this version is different than this version. Turns out, and? no, they use single quotations in here too. And he doesn't have an author's note. So That's I thought that weird. was weird. Yeah. But the reason that my cover is different is because... I have the British paperback. That's cool. I thought that was really interesting. That is interesting. And And my librarian heart was all like. I love dual covers, though. I love when a a, a author has different cover releases Mm -hmm. for different continents. Mm -hmm. I love it. Like, I. Go ahead. I love it. I'm hoping one day to get the Dr. Harkness's All Souls in the UK version, too. Because the UK covers are like these beautiful red... I'll have to show you, text you a picture later. It's just nothing like the original covers. Well, that's cool. Um, the uh, publisher is also different in both books. So hmm. the American version, the one that most of the listeners of this pod right. can get, is from... My Hillary. Minus Hillary is a Viking, which was his Viking, which is an imprint of Penguin Random House. Okay. Right. But the British version, the one that I have, was first published in Great Britain in 2020 by Canongate Books. I've never heard of them. Me either. But there is their logo Canongate Books. And they use this little, that's their little emblem. And so, yeah, I have the British version. And it is also stamped with my awesome stamp that Katie got at me. Nice. Anyway, that was my random story I had to tell you. That's awesome. How was your week? Uh, I would like to not talk about my week. I would very much like to be discluded from this narrative. I, um, it's been a rough week in the big house. Yeah. uh, Well, we can let it go. You don't need we to tell us. Go. You're allowed we to have a personal need. life that isn't I'm, on pod. And it's just not pod material, gang. Yeah. Not pod material. So let's talk about this week's book because this is the first time I got to talk about this, guys, because this is the first book I have picked for pod that I actually don't like. 
I actually don't no, like this No, that's at all. not true. I mean, okay. You didn't like Lost Apothecary. Nobody likes Lost Apothecary. You didn't really love um, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Right. But I liked that. I don't even like this. Really? Like, Addie LaRue, I could tolerate. You liked this, though, right? I did. And that's the first time that's happened, that you've picked a book that, like, I really you've liked. You've enjoyed. You didn't like. So, so how about I, okay, sorry. I I did like this. Um, it did take me some time to really like it, and it I mean, wasn't it did, until it, it does take several chapters for it to pick up. It wasn't until the quote about librarians on page eighty four, which is librarians have knowledge, they guide you to the right books, the right words, uh-huh. they find the best places like soft soul enhanced search engines. When I read that, I was like, okay, I like this book. There's also a really yeah. great quote in here that is like. I, I posted this to our uh, social media, but uh-huh. it, you're overthinking it. I have anxiety. I have no other type of thinking available, which is just my fucking life to a T. <laughs> so, um, synopsis. How about I re- synopsis. Yes. Um, okay. I got a trigger warning from my friends. Yes. Trigger warning. The, the blurb. Okay. We, in this book, we talk about suicide. We talk about depression and we talk about alcoholism and drug abuse. And there's also talk of abuse and there's a lot of, not fun things in this. So those things are triggering suicide, any of it. Yeah. Skip this. Before I read the synopsis, um, the first quote of this book is by Sylvia Platt. Mm -hmm. And um, I want to read it because I think it sets us right up for this book to be about suicide. It sets the tone of this Mm -hmm. book. I'm going to read this and then I'll read my synopsis. Okay. Um, I can never be all the people I want and live all the lives I want. I can never train myself in all the skills I want. And why do I want? I want to live and feel all the shades, tones, and variations of meta, meta, met, mental and physical experience possible in my life. Sylvia Platt. Yeah. Intense. So that, yeah. you read that before you even get into chapter one. Sets the tone. Sets the tone. So my synopsis is pretty quick, actually. Okay. What if the in-between place, between life and death, there was a library that contained every story? Let me be clear. It's all of your stories. And the different paths it would have taken, it would have taken your life. Will you look? Will you read? Will you move on? Um, I'm going to just jump right into the first question. The story does not hold back punches. When we first meet Nora Seed, that's the, our character's name, Nora mm-hmm. Seed. Mm-hmm. In this, in the chapter, none of these are numbered, by the way, gang. These chapters all have their own names. Yes, they're um, named. It goes, a conversation about rain. 19 years later, the man on the door, string theory. Like, you'll see some of these, like, have, like, sentence-long names. Yeah. Um. The chapter I'm talking about is The Man at the Door. The first line starts, 27 hours before she decided to die. Literally starting this book knowing our main character is going to kill herself. That's a great first sentence. It is. It's also terrifying. Mm -hmm. Um, How did it make you feel? Knowing your main character is, like, already contemplating her death. Like, yeah. I don't know what book I was thinking of, but I thought that the Midnight Library was a fantasy book about about 
a library. A secret night library. Yeah. Like I was That's what I thought I this thought was it about. It was like a night at the museum kind of situation. I did too. So when I read that first line before she decided to die, I was like, what? what is happening? This is not what I thought it was. And I think I made that comment at the end of last week's episode that it was not what I thought it was. And, and, and that's truly how I felt about the book. Like it, I don't know. We've gotten in this habit now, Molly, maybe I just have, maybe you haven't, but Mm -hmm. I've gotten in this habit now. If it's a pod book, I mostly do not read the synopsis on the back. I don't read the back. I don't either. I don't either because I want to go in fresh. I don't want to go in, especially since we are, we are literally breaking down these books for everyone. Right, right. We are giving our true and honest right. opinion. And I don't want to go in with any preconceived ideas. Yeah. And so I, and we've talked about me buying books a lot lately, which you'll see my bookshelves are not still up, but it is in progress. Yes. It is in progress. They will be there. It's, it's a whole thing. <laughs> it's a whole thing. I'm, I'm still, I'm behind in what I need to do. Not, not Tom being behind. So, um, so. Been uh, there. Sorry, I'm gonna adjust. It's okay. This real quick. Okay. Um. So I, uh, I was surprised as to what this book was about, mm-hmm. and I really thought from the beginning, like, okay, I'm not gonna like this because when we have read some books about um, anxiety and depression, sometimes it triggers me because I have yeah. an anxiety disorder, and depending on the context of the book, I struggle. Oh, right. circling back to what I was saying. So I've been buying books from the pod, um, but right. I really only buy the ones that I have picked for the pod and the ones that I think like cover wise look like mm-hmm. the ones that you pick for the, I'm like cover wise. And, and if it's aesthetically fiction, pleasing. I'm like, I'm not going to yeah. do that. It's our aesthetics. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, I have bought some books. Like I bought mm-hmm. Invisible Life, Lad- Addie LaRue, and I do not like that book. And I bought uh, Queerly Beloved, and li- I freaking hated that book. Put them put in your little library. I will. That's my plan. I just can't justify giving away a hardback book that I haven't even owned for a year. Like it, That it, makes sense. It's a special edition, too, so it's right. really hard for me. Right. To that. I anyway, get that. But anyway, so... I Maybe was, you'll meet somebody that loves it and you can give it to them as a gift. Um, Maybe you don't want to be friends with that person. Well, I mean, my friend <laughs> circle here in where I live is very limited and most of those people don't read. So, <laughs> My apologies. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah. So when I found out what this was about, I was like, okay, I don't know if I'm going to like this. Mm-hmm. I, I like the concept of the purgatory for lack of a better word being a library i thought it was interesting when we meet a character later in the book that that's not purgatory for everybody right and i have a question about that okay so i'll hold on to that but his purgatory was something different and so i thought that was really an interesting concept it was a place that the person felt safe and she felt safe at a library with her school librarian right um so that was interesting to me um but definitely that first sentence i was like fuck this is not what i thought and I, I, here's the thing, full disclosure, Molly, if I would have known that that's what this book is about, I probably would have been okay with you pulling it off, even though Tom had bought it for me. Yeah. But I'm actually really glad I read it. It didn't trigger anything in me. Thank you, positive switch of meds and weekly therapy sessions. Yeah. It didn't trigger anything in me. And um, I also really enjoyed it. Like, it's not one that I will, like, say, oh, I love this book here. You need to read it. 
but I I did enjoy it overall. I thought it was I, a very interesting concept. Uh, well, the, I will agree the concept's interesting. This book is just... Really? I will... It is... I am so frustrated by this book, and the more we talk about it, I will get into that. But this question specifically, as soon as I read that line, mm-hmm. in the headspace I'm in, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about this more as we dive in, I don't talk about religion, I don't talk about afterlife, Right. that's just not my... Yeah, well, based on my religion, this is not what I believe at right. all. Right, so it's just, I don't know, it felt, I was uncomfortable. That's the best way I can explain this book. I was uncomfortable. Well, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing when it comes to this. I mean, you're reading a book about someone that killed themselves and then they're like reliving all these alternatives of what it could have been. I mean, it honestly made me think like the big decisions that I made that really changed Mm -hmm. my life. And I have thought about those quite frequently, actually, because I moved to Florida sort of on a whim. Um, I got a job, but I moved to Florida to escape. A very bad breakup. I mean, horrific breakup. And that led me to one of my best friends, Megan, who lives in Florida, Florida Megan. Mm-hmm. It led me to my husband. It led me to my career as a librarian because I went to library school while I was there. It led me to you because your whole I life, moved I to mean, Texas. really. It led me to my having my son. So, like, that one big thing, it's not something I will ever regret. Right. But what would have happened if I would have stayed in Ohio? Yeah. Like what would my life be like? That's now? different. Right. I think about that constantly. Yeah. I, our big choices. Let's go into the next question. Yeah. Nora's limbo is a library with mm-hmm. one of her favorite people from childhood mm-hmm. and Hugo, which I'm going to talk about Hugo next. Hugo's is a video game store mm-hmm. um, with his uncle. It's a blo- like a blockbuster, not a blockbuster. video game. It's like, video but games. like, it, it's like he, Hugo's, um, from Middle East? No, he's from... French, French, French. Yeah, he's French. He's French, so it's a French blockbuster or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to go into your version of the middle place, mm-hmm. purgatory, the afterlife, whatever, mm-hmm. what's your in-between look like? Um, do you know who's there waiting for you? Like, do you so, have an idea? So I don't believe that purgatory is real. Like I think when mm-hmm. you die, you go to heaven or you go to hell and then that's it. Okay. Um, so that's what like my beliefs are. However, okay. if in this situation, in this situation, I would say it probably is a library and the person that would be there would be my grandma. Who is the person, Lois is the person that took me to get my first library card when I was five and I was going into kindergarten and I've kept that tradition with my boys. They both got library cards right before they entered kindergarten. Um, I am a librarian. Um, Reading is a huge passion of mine. It's my life. Um, And I got that from my grandmother who used to buy me special editions of of picture books that were from Reading Rainbow, like Reading Rainbow special editions. Um, and so that, that it would be it for me. I would feel safe with her and I would feel safe probably in the Madison branch library where I grew up. Um, because it it's home. It's home. Yeah. Um, and a library would make sense to me too. And I kept one of the things I was struggling with was picturing the way this library looked because the way it's described is not the way that my brain wanted it to look. I wanted it to be like the library in, um, um, the magicians. Mm. That was the library to me. And Mm. the librarian in the magicians was 100% the librarian I kept picturing in this too. 
Um, um, so for me, it's, um, my aunt Pam mm -hmm. and her motor home from my childhood. Oh yeah. I knew as soon as we stepped inside that, that inside Rosie, as soon as we walked in the four mm -hmm. walls of that thing, me and my cousins were safe. Yeah. We were going to have fun. Aunt Pam was going to take care of us. We weren't gonna have to worry about anything. We didn't have to worry about big world things. And I think seeing my Aunt Pam, I'm even tearing up thinking about it. Seeing my Aunt Pam behind the steering wheel one more time going, where are we going? Mm -hmm. I would I would lose it. Yeah. I would lose it. One more trip with PJ would be just Yeah. You know, yeah. for life. Yeah. Um so Hugo. Honestly, that's what I liked about this book, that it was an interesting concept. And Molly, right. as a person that has anxiety, like I am, I relive parts of my life all the time. I do too. Constantly. 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 I bought tickets to a concert today to see mm -hmm. my favorite mu musician with my friend, one of my friends here in Virginia. Uh -huh. And um, we're going to do the VIP package. So we're actually going to get to meet him. That's exciting. And the last time that I met somebody that like I um, admired uh -huh. was Angie Thomas. And I just stood there and was like, you don't even understand. Your book is like so life changing and blah, 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 blah. And I, it was all word vomit. Like mm -hmm. I'm terrified to meet him. And that was the first thing I thought of when I booked those VIP tickets. I'm not laughing. It's just, that's how everybody talks when they're nervous. I feel like I talk like that when I'm nervous too. Listen, that is what I word vomit all the out time. of me because uh, Catherine Tate and David Tennant are coming to a con that's about like I an know. hour from me. And I'm I need terrified to, to meet them because I would just be like, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Um, so let's talk about Hugo. Yeah. Um, so Hugo has been doing this a while. A long Hugo time. has a long time. Hugo has deemed them the people like him and her as sliders. Sliders. They sliders, like the sandwich. Mm -hmm. Um, they jump between this life and that life, and Hugo kind of just keeps doing it. Mm -hmm. He's met people that have stayed in lives. He's met people that have never come back. He's met people that have died. Mm -hmm. um, what was my question, though? No idea. Okay. Do you think this is science, God, or just brain chemicals doing this to all of them? Because reminds, Hugo thinks it's it's like string. It's some string huge. Theory, all the multiverses, right? It's the multiverses. Like, Hugo's certain it's it's physics. Um. So before I answer that, I want to say that I thought <laughs> I thought it was interesting that she and Hugo meet back up again yeah. towards the end of the book. Because if I were him, I would never want to see the person that decided they didn't want to stay in that life while they were banging me. <laughs> because she's I mean, down. that was hilarious. She, she literally goes, life mid she literally goes, this is okay. Yeah, but not, not for me. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go. <laughs> also, this whole concept reminded me a little bit of Quantum Leap because I have you been watching the new Quantum Leap? I haven't. I haven't. It's but so good. Is it okay? It's so good. I'll try it. Um, try okay, it. Okay, so so to answer your question, I don't know that I can because I don't okay. believe this. So for me, it's fantastical. Then it, instead of being like a reality, it's real. There are a lot of like people who come back from the dead 
right? So mm -hmm. people who say they have out-of-body experiences, who have, um, you know, have uh, spiritual experiences where they, they, mm -hmm. think they have died and they've talked to God and God sends them back and all this stuff. And I'm not saying that that's not possible. It just never happened to me. And I don't personally know anybody that it's happened to. Um, but uh, I, I think the concept could be either thing. I think right. it can be whatever you need it to be. It could just be that she. That's the word right there. What? It's whatever you need it to be. Whatever you need it to be. Um, it could exactly be that it. she was higher than a motherfucker from all the pills she took. And That's what I think it is. It's just the drugs. And then it was it's, fine. It's the drugs, honestly. It's the drugs. It could um, be. I don't know. So you're already me, talking it's about it's not this. God, though. It's not God. No. Because it, this, this book is not religious. It's not. No. This is not a, a, a it's not a, it's not. This that. book is more about self-interflection, right? Yeah. Introspection. Introspection, yeah. I would say, I would and say how you maybe see it has life, a spiritual how you element. See. Yeah. It maybe has a spiritual element, but not yeah. a religious element. No, no. But there's, there's a lot of what ifs yeah. in here, right? Like yeah. it's okay. So we're going to talk about the book of regrets now. Okay. Let, uh, Let's talk about the book of regrets and how this leads to her trying every life she could possibly lead. Yeah. Do you think she could have been happy in any of these? I think she would have been happy if she stayed in the life with her daughter, Ruby, and the husband. You mean Molly? Molly. Oh, gosh. Why did I get? Ruby's a different book. I'm reading. I'm reading Delilah Green, too. Oh, green. Yeah. I was like. Ruby. No, Molly, I'm trying to remember who and who was the husband? What was his name? Um, Ash. Ash. I think that that would have been the life that she would have been happiest in. Mm -hmm. And I do think that probably many people who read this book wish she would have just stayed there. But mm -hmm. I actually do not. I think that the best choice that came of this was that she's going to live the life with the choices that she made. And the choices at the place that she belongs. Right. She made the, that, these are the choices that led her here. The only thing that's going to change is now she's no longer going to give up. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. Um, the fact that this is where, look, the book of regrets, she cycles through so many. There, This is where the book dragged on for me. Mm -hmm. And at first we're just like, okay, we go to the pub with her husband. And then she's married to Ash. And we're going to talk about all these, the rock star stuff. But then there's like, there's just a page where she's like, I was an accountant. I was this, I was this, I was this, yeah. I was this, I was this. And it's like, okay, we get it. We get it. But yeah, like, but I liked that better than having to read all of them. I just, to me, it's no worse it than, without, to me, it's no worse than a new moon where it's like October, November. But that's November. the same for me. It's the same thing for me. They're equal. It just feels like a wasted page. I cannot believe it's a wasted page it's a wasted okay, page. okay fine it's a wasted page whatever you think <laughs> sure molly let's I'm go to the next argue question about it. <laughs> um a lot of her regrets have to do with how others blame her for how their lives turned out mm -hmm. do you think this exasperated her situation and led to where we were in the library in the beginning i mean probably but I think ultimately what it came down to was the hopelessness that she felt in her own skin. Um, and I, you can't be responsible for everybody. Like you mm -hmm. just can't. The decisions no. that you make, they do affect other people, but you have to do what is best for you. So, I'm sorry. Huh? 
A million percent. Yeah. So, like, for example, um, when I was leaving my job um, in 2020, I knew I was leaving behind some people who were, it was going to be a problem with me going. Okay. But I couldn't stay for them. I couldn't do that. I had to do what was best for me. It's about you. Right. Yeah. And it was no longer a healthy situation for me. And it was no longer Mm -hmm. a healthy situation for my family. And, and so I had to make a change. Now the change that Nora made was obviously not a good one. She tried to kill herself. Right. That is not the answer, but I want to say this because this is one of the things that I say anytime I hear a celebrity died from suicide or something like that. Um, people often say, Oh, you know, they killed themselves. That was giving up. It isn't giving up. It is losing a lifelong battle. Like with you depression. have had a lifelong battle with depression mm-hmm. and you have lost now. It the isn't... depression won that day. What? The depression won that day. Right. And unfortunately it's permanent. And unfortunately it leaves behind people who grieve you um, a wholeheartedly, but it's not quitting. <laughs> it's no. just, it, it's losing a battle that you've been fighting in your mind your whole life. If you are thinking about killing yourself, though, please don't. Please Please call. There's a hotline. If you truly, if you are truly suicidal right now Mm -hmm. in this moment, I need you to call 1-800-799-7233. We love you. We don't know you, but we love you. You are a part of our family And, and you are important. And the best thing that you can do for yourself is admit that you have a problem and that you don't feel safe with your thoughts. And the reason is because... I promise you, I promise you that therapy and meds, you can be better. Like, yes. like we talked about this in Turtles All the Way Down. My anxiety is always going to be a part of who I am. It's never going to go away, but I can learn how to tame the dragon, you know? And you can also dial 988. This is like 911 for Suicide Hotline. Yeah. It will contact you with a person in your area yeah. immediately. Yeah. Nine eight eight. Yeah, do this. Please reach out to somebody. Do not. If you can, Tom. Put it up here. I don't care. We're nine eight eight. Yeah, we 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 don't want. Yeah, we love you. Yeah, we love you. Okay. Three main stories in this book. Wow, that got heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the goat? Give me a goat scream. I need a goat scream. Thank you. <laughs> Whoa, we got dark fast. Okay. Um, there are three, I think there are, I'm going to say there are three main stories I want to talk about. Okay. And um, that's the pup with her fiance. Okay. The married life with Ash and Molly. Ash and Molly. And the rock star. Okay. Um, Not the swimming. Not the swimming. I don't think the swimming or the whale watching was ever going to be it. Mm-mm, me either. I don't think, but these three, one, the fiance for me, one was, that was always the big what if in her mind. Right. So I think that was it. And then the second was the band with her brother. And then the third was that date with Ash. So yeah, I want to talk agree. about these, um, I want to talk about these three separately. Okay. Um, The first one she jumps into, the first book she reads is this pub life with her fiance. Mm-hmm. Her old first, her, her original ex-fiance. Right. Um, what do you think about this? What do you think about what she saw and how she felt about it? And 
the information she gleaned from it. Well, what I think is interesting is she didn't have a happily ever after with him, but no, throughout the book and especially before we meet this like scene, we kind of get the impression that she never would have anyway, because no. he wasn't really the kindest guy. No, it was about him. It, he was very self-centered and yes. absorbed. Yes. Like, as soon as she started getting attention, mm-hmm. he got mad. Yeah. His feelings were He hurt. told her that if they were, if if she were to do the band, that they wouldn't be together. Like, that's not okay. So rude. That's kind He's of like, pick me or them. Behavior. It's kind of abusive behavior. It's emotional abuse. Exactly. It's emotional um, manipulation. And so when she gets into that situation, um, when she lives that life, she realizes he had an affair on her. Yep. He is depressed and has gained weight because he's just drinking. He's pretty much become an alcoholic. He's miserable. He this was is pretty a- much on his way to anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it is not a happily life. And, and he's mad because they're supposed to be having sex so that they can make a baby. And like your life is not in a place right now that you need to be having children. 20 somethings. Look at me. I need you people to hear this. You just got married. You're frustrated. You're not sure where your marriage is going. You're not sure if you're happy or not. Baby's not going to fix baby. Mm-mm. A baby's not going to fix it. No. Fix your marriage. Go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Talk to your husband. Talk to your loved ones. Don't fucking make a baby to fix yeah. your marriage. Do you yes. hear me? Do not bring a baby into the world because you think it's going to fix your marriage. No, because it's not going to putting a baby in. It's just going to add more strains. Like, right. That kid honestly, doesn't deserve that. I, honestly, you know how like when they always talk about like kids, when their parents tell them they're getting divorced, they're always like, well, yeah. this isn't your fault. I 100% believe that there are marriages that end because of the kids. Because two different parenting styles, because people were raised differently. But it's not the children's fault. It's It's the adults. It's not the kid's fault necessarily, but bringing them into a marriage isn't always the best choice. And I'm not speaking about my marriage, although we did hit some rocks. Uh, we all do because they're. I'm sorry, but we all do. You're underslept and you're tired, and kids are hard. I will never do toddlers again. It's and funny. It's funny you say that, Molly, because Tom and I. So I'm. I'm. I was off yesterday and today, and this is their weekdays that we're filming this. And um, so whenever that happens, Tom and I go to lunch together. So yesterday mm-hmm. we went to lunch, and somebody had like a baby. It was brand new. Like that baby couldn't have been more than three months. So cute. So I'm cute. good with that, Stace. And I was like, oh, this makes me want a baby. And then today we went to lunch, and there was like a three year old, and he was like throwing stuff and like being crazy. Fuck and I was like, and that is why we don't have more kids. <laughs> I love the baby face. Yeah. I will take the baby face. I'll do the sleepless nights. I'm good with the bottles. I'm good with the shitty diapers. I'm good with all that. But when they get into that can't communicate, want to fist fight me for no reason phase, I want to drop kick them. <laughs> I want to drop kick them. And I'm just not looking forward to the teen stage, to be honest. It's not fun. I know. You and Katie both are not having fun with it. <laughs> I, no, let me get let me let me clarify this real quick. I'm gonna clarify. I love my girls. Mm-hmm. I love my kids. I love who they are right now. They're becoming little humans and they're figuring out who they are. Mm-hmm. And I fucking love that. What I don't like is the egos I'm getting with that and yeah. the attitudes and the yeah. I know more than you, moms and yep. the, and the teen hormones and the drama and it's just yep. that's the problem. Yep. Not my tiny humans. My tiny humans are. I love that. Yeah, their mouths. Yeah. 
Okay, we were supposed to be talking about the book. I'm sorry. We are sort of. <laughs> so, okay, my problem with that was she was in an emotionally abusive relationship. Yes. She was and before she broke things off with him. Mm-hmm. Breaking things off with him was probably the right thing to do. I mean, it was right. But honestly, she needed to see that. Yeah. I don't know who pushed her through that portal. If it was her brain chemistry, God, the the big mighty elephant in the sky, the moon. I don't I don't know to what break I up with him. The, no, I mean like showing her that scene. Oh, okay. Like taking her there. I don't know who's controlling all this. If it's just some guy named Oz in the background with a like. I don't think it's that. You know. uh, but she needed to see that. I'm not saying her suicide was necessary, no. but I'm saying she needed to see that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the same with all of these. So um, her married life with Ash was almost perfect, right? Yes. It was almost perfect, but she felt like she was living someone else's life. She didn't. She was a skinwalker, right? So she just and she knew she had to go. The thing is, I disagree with you that that is one of the three biggest regrets from her life. But Ash, yeah, I think that Ash wouldn't have been a thought at all had it not been that she saw all these other things first. Mm. Um, I think that the bigger regret would be the swimming because mm. she or, okay or even the whale watching um but i think the swimming I is it i think i think the swimming's the one i think that's a bigger one it could be a bigger one because of her dad mm-hmm. we, i mean we always want to please our parents right yeah, right we always want to please our parents um also i think the rock star one mm-hmm so when she goes to become a rock star spoilers duh if you guys haven't joined us before um she learns her brother's dead. Mm-hmm. And that's Overdose. just, yep. Just in every words. one of her stories, it, uh, it's like the butterfly effect. So it, uh-huh. it affects other people. So like in the swimming story, her dad's still alive, but her mom died sooner. Right. Because, but her dad also cheated on her mom. Right. It was right. disgusting. Right. So, I mean, her mom so died of what? ovarian cancer um, in the, normal timeline and that's also mm-hmm. what she died of in the swimming timeline but because she was an alcoholic it was masked and so she didn't know that she had ovarian cancer um i have a beef about her a writing beef about her ash molly life by the way okay um so she's a grown-up mm-hmm. in the grown-up world when she does this mm-hmm. and the first time she interacts with molly she's acting like she's ever been around a child in her life well, she hasn't like, really been around very many children. Like, she's acting like she's never interacted with kids ever, though. Like, she's acting like this is like, never happened. And it just felt not organic. Because most people know how to talk to a kid. in the But basic- do you think that's because she wasn't talking to a kid like she knew what to do? Or because she didn't want to be caught that she wasn't actually Molly's mommy? I don't know. But what frustrated me about that was she was sitting there in her dome going, I was thinking about asking this little girl. Oh, wow. If, if, am I not loud enough? I'm sorry. She's asking, she's thinking about asking this little girl if her parents are still alive. Now, I'm sorry, but my four-year-old would never know that. (laughs) Like, and most adults would know that their four-year-old wouldn't know that. Like, I don't know. It was just a weird thought bubble for me. I'm going to shut up now. 
Uh, let's go to another question. Well, we have 20 minutes I'm left, so you can't shut up completely. <laughs> what do you think was the biggest reason Mrs. Elm was in the Midnight Library? Why was why was it Mrs. Elm? Why was it nobody else in her life? Why was Miss Mrs. Elm the person? I think it's just because she felt safest with Mrs. Elm. Um, I think that that was a safety thing for her when she was a kid. She was in the library and the teacher played chess with her and made her feel somewhat normal, even though she really did not have a normal life. Being no. that she was competitively swimming for most of her adolescence, right. she didn't really have friends because her life was in the pool, you know? And, and, and her friends were grown-ups. Right. And she didn't really... I don't think she knew who she was. I mean, I still don't think mm -hmm. she knew who she was, and that's why she partly why she killed herself. But um, I I think it was because that person made her feel, feel safe. Mm -hmm. I was actually surprised that Hugo saw a relative because to me, I think it would be your impulse to see someone that you loved that was mm -hmm. a relative. But I don't think that that person is necessarily the best guide. Um, now, right. I know I said I would see my grandmother, but um, what I would want to be doing is talking to my grandmother and clinging to my grandmother and not mm -hmm. figuring my own shit out. Right. So it was somebody who had a neutral relationship right. with her. Right. She was supportive and she was a grown up and she was safe, mm -hmm. but she wasn't someone she deeply loved. She right. wasn't someone that was going to protect her. And that makes sense, actually. I'm happy to help. That makes sense. I think if if we were going with somebody like that for me, mm -hmm. it would have been my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Oliver. Mm. And it would have been her classroom. Yeah. Mm. What about you? Who's your Mrs. Elms? Uh, it would be my pastor from high school and yes. um, Pastor David Reed. And he passed away when I was in college. Um, mm. But he was a young guy. Like, he died in his early 30s. Like, he was quite young. Um, oh, but uh, he was a great mentor and friend, and I felt safe with him. So That's beautiful. That's who I would say. I don't know that it would necessarily be at the church where I grew up, mm -hmm. but I guess that would make sense. It'll be somewhere safe, though. Yeah. I did feel safe there. Mm -hmm. So. Um, yeah. Do you think, looking at this book as a full picture was mm -hmm. Nora in crisis or was Nora suicidal truly was she truly get, wanted to die or do you think she was just in crisis I would say crisis um I think that all that buildup that happened especially happening that day with her getting fired from her job and then running into the other guy from her band who basically it just all compounded yeah um her her cat died that day she came home to emptiness and that's what she mm -hmm. felt inside. And so the easiest thing to do in her opinion was to just not be there anymore. And somebody Make that's less of a problem. Right. And somebody that is in crisis like that, that is often yeah. when they do make those snap decisions because um, it, everything feels hopeless, but right. it's not hopeless. No, <laughs> it's not never hopeless. Is. Again, nine, eight, eight. Mm -hmm. Nine eight eight. Yeah. Um. So, is Nora a heroine? No. 
This is an OG question, but I know I, I need to I, I need to know what you think because no. she has changed her direction. She has changed her path. She has altered her history. Mm-mm. Does that make her a heroine? No, the heroine of this book is Miss Elm. But is it Miss Elm? Just her subconscious. Um, I mean, that really depends on what you believe about this book. So do you believe right. it's her sub- subconscious or do you believe that she's actually experiencing a purgatory afterlife? Because if that's the case, if that's the case, then it's more like Miss Elm is a spiritual guide. But in either case, Nora is not a hero. Even no. when she's living that heroic life of the Olympic swimmer, she is not a hero. She's just sliding in. She's just sliding in. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get into the like nuts and bolts of this. What did you think of the writing style of this book? Well, and the I, storytelling. I actually really liked it. Besides the whole one quotation mark thing, like why are you using an apostrophe for a quotation I know. mark? I don't get it. But um, I really liked the writing. And so I think for me, that's what pushed me closer to the, I mean, I gave it four stars on Goodreads, but that's what pushed Damn. me to four from three or three and a half, because I thought the writing was really smart. Um, mm. And I read two quotes already, but um, like, especially that thing about anxiety, it was like, well, that just basically defines Hit my the life. Nail on the head. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, um, what I thought, because we read this book right after we read a um, a very pretentious book. Oh, very I thought this book, book was written for everyone to understand this mm-hmm. book. Yes. I felt, okay. So, this is where I have problems. Mm-hmm. While he did use language for everybody to read. Mm-hmm. There are several chapters where this author drags on, and then there's chapters where it's quick. Well, it took me eighty pages to decide that I liked it. <laughs> it, it. It's just there is zero consistency here. There's definitely some parts that are really slow. I agree with that. There is zero consistency here, and I don't think I'll ever read his his him again. What about you? I think I will. Really? Um, here's another quote. I wanted to be somewhere he had never been. I wanted somewhere where I didn't feel have to feel his ghost. But the truth is it only half works, you know, places are places and memories are memories and life is fucking life. Fife is fucking life. That's and a great quote. But. So for me, it's those three quotes that I read during this episode that I'm like, I would read him again. Okay. But I would do some more research to find out what the book was about before I just decided to read it because, you know, I am one of those people that my anxiety is triggered by books that mm-hmm. are like that. I mean, it's I one mean, of the reasons the I book, don't like reading mystery either because that makes me feel anxious for different reasons. But the book next week, I mean, I text you guys, you and Katie, and I was like, hey, I'm fucking struggling. Yeah. That book is triggering for people who haven't even experienced the things that happen in it. Oh, and I have. Um, but I lost my train of thought. So my last question, since you already covered my Goodreads question, which is always on here. Yeah. Um, so I honestly think this should have been a screenplay. This sh- this book reads like a TV screenplay, and I feel like it would have been better suited for television. Yes, but then is it too much like What Dreams May Come? 
I don't know. I I do think I read somewhere that it had been purchased for a movie adaptation. Let me. I don't doubt that. This definitely screams TV movie, Netflix series, something. It's just I feel like it just it's not a book. I, I mean, I'm literally rating it a two point five. And you know what? No, I don't go low. I don't right. do low ratings. It's just. This wasn't it. Yeah, that that is uh, that is troubling that you went with a 2.5. 2.5. Um, I think I was thinking of um, a different book, but this book does have a film ad- adaptation. I'll um, send you the link, Molly, and you can put it in the notes. So I might have been thinking of a different book when I said yeah. this had been picked up for an adaptation. I'll send you the link um that i found so it was the rights were purchased in 2020 for this book for this book which is when Mm -hmm. it actually came out um but it doesn't look like anything's happened with it so that might mean that the adaptation is not happening but it has really grown in popularity it's all over the tiktok and the instagram it is all over the maybe it's um it's like dunkle you know the uh companies will pick books up for options and then shelf them. Did they pick up Dunkle? Yeah, Dunkle got picked up. Well, I think I they actually do something with Dunkle. That's what they did with the Royal Wee. Lauren Graham right. was gonna was set to do it, and they never did it. And that no, they lost like the rights have lapsed or whatever. Right, and but then we get stuff like Casey Mc, uh, Casey McQuiston. McQuiston. I mean, she's got uh, what the heck is it? Red, white, and royal blue on Amazon right now, right? It's not out yet. But it's due. Like, it's February? I don't think it's that soon, but it's sometime this year. Probably 4th of July. Um, Or they're... I um, I I didn't have anything else. Um, All right, so do you want to talk about what we're doing next week? Yes, please. Okay. Yes, please. Sorry. Um, this book is our next our choice for next week. Luckiest Girl Alive by Jessica. I'm still gonna watch Jessica Knoll. What? I still gotta watch the movie. Um, and this book was not a pick from Molly or me. This pick was Nurse Katie, who will be guest hosting for us. Yeah. So um, excited for Katie to host. I know. We haven't had her on since a uh, Bridgerton episode, and you weren't in And that was because she was covering my ass. <laughs> God bless Katie. I texted her and was like, can you finish a book in like three days? Yep, I can do that. And she finished it before she I did. She finished it before Katie I did. Last week I called her feral. This week I'm telling her she's a superstar. What will I call Katie next week? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, then we are wrapping out the month with this book, Illuminae. And it is by Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff. And look at that fat book. I heard it's an ADHD freaking... <sighs> It's 599 Whoa. pages, and I am, like, a little more than halfway through it. It's a quick read. and is I'm, it? It is. And I'm definitely going to do um, an Instagram stories for this book mm-hmm. because I need to show off some of these pages so that people can understand. It's the first part of the series, right? It's a trilogy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of older, too. I think it's from 2015, but it's sci-fi, um, which love- we love sci-fi. We haven't done it anyways in a while. Um I don't have anything else. Uh, check you? our social media to oh. join the contest and oh. check our social media so that you can um, view the books we'll be doing for February. For February, we are bringing back the romance reads. Oh, I cannot wait. You're long. reading my favorite romance from last year. I know. 
I have five hours left. Oh, I don't like the sound of that. You will find out in four weeks. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Gotta get out of here. I threw us all off running away earlier. We're actually running crazy. short on time. Like we, 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 this is a shorter episode than normal. I mean, that's what happens when the host hates the book, I guess. <laughs> Honestly, every time that you don't like a book and you host, that is what happens. It's because I don't know what to say. That isn't oh, mean. I just remembered another book you didn't like that you picked. It ends with what? us. It ends with us. And I did like that one. I hated that I liked it, but I did like it. Did I pick that? It ends with us. Yes. Fucking Colleen Hoover, right? Yep. Yes. Yes, because fucking Colleen Hoover. I'm sorry, gang. I don't know why. It's just I don't want to say anything mean. Because you know when I open that Pandora's box, it gets bad. Molly, you saying you don't want to say anything mean is so ironic because you say things that are mean, like, all the time. You literally call the fans of the pod fuckers. No, that's not mean. That's being affectionate. I love those fuckers. They're my favorite. They're my favorite fuckers of all the fuckers. Oh, my gosh. I don't know what to do with you. Okay, we should probably go. Because I'm just calling our fans fuckers. <laughs> All right, gang, we're going to see you next time. Yep. We'll see you next week with uh, Nurse Katie and the Impossible Girl, not the Impossible Girl. Nope. Luckiest Girl the Luckiest Alive. Girst Girl Alive. And next time, a new sign off next week, potentially. God, I fucking hope so. Oh, no. Not, Bye. not next week. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April and not those of anyone else. Today's book was The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins. Editing by Thomas Watkins and music is Sleep Sweetly by Brigida. Don't forget to follow the book besties on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. If you would like to contact the book besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com or our website www.bookbestiespodcast.com if you are in need of help or know someone that does please call 988 for the suicide hotline 988